Uh, good morning, all. Please do take a seat. Uh, and as Ben said, uh, my name is Tom Smith. I'm a member of the congregation here. Can I take the opportunity to welcome you to church uh, this New Year's Eve service? And today we've got a one-off look at one of the Psalms, the one we've just read responsibly, Psalm 90. And if you just look at that, uh, as it says at the beginning, it's described as a, a Psalm of Moses, the man of God. We're going to come into that a little bit later, but it's New Year's Eve. We've got to have a New Year's Eve quiz, haven't we? Review of the year. And for this, there is a prize. This is uh, Shell Corbridge's finest, bought from a member of our congregation, very helpfully. And it's already been seen by a couple of people. So we've got a review of the year quiz. Now, I suspect if you're a little bit younger, join in with an adult close to you. If looking next to you, the person beside you looks more intelligent than perhaps you think you are, maybe join a team with those. But we don't want massive road teams. So two or three gather together, join in a quiz. So. This is kind of just quickly, you should be able to get most of these, I'm hoping, if you've been alive awake in first night. So the first question is, what is the thundery nickname of this walrus pictured in Blythe Harbour in January earlier in the year? I'm going to trust you to get the answer right yourselves. It's good you're looking trustworthy. Have a quick think. This walrus was seen swimming up the east coast between uh, Scarborough and Blythe. Right, lock the answer in your heads. Lock the answer in your heads. The answer is Thor. If you got that right, give yourself a point. Next question. Next question. Right, uh, you can't probably read this, but this is, I want you just to name one of the films that was part of this mashup surprise cinema hit in summer 2023. You will see the picture will give you a clue. Quick think, get the idea, just need one of the films. Most of you are going to get that. Right, lock the answer in your heads. Allowable answers are Barbie or Oppenheimer. The mash was Barbenheimer, I think. I've only seen one of them. Next question. Right, this is one from Memory Banks. This is the coronation of King Charles III. I'm asking you, in which month was the coronation of King Charles III? Quick think. Some of you may remember a long bank holiday. Some of you may have watched it all day long. Some of us will have done other things. Lock the answer in. The answer was May 2023. Oh no, some people have got it wrong. Next question. Right, this is, uh, I had to throw in at least one football one. This is, which team beat England in the final of the Football World Cup in August 2023? I'm hoping I've got this one right. I do have this one right. Quick lock in the answer. Everyone clear? The answer was Spain. Okay, and last question, I think. Oh no, two more to go, I think. Right, uh, who's in the picture here? Uh, also in my Christmas list, but unsuccessfully. 
Which pop star's era tour made more than one billion pounds in ticket sales in 2023? Highest grossing ticket sales ever. Okay, lock in the answer. Michael's got this one. It is Taylor Swift. Okay, everybody got the answer. Let's just check what the next one is. Okay, this is a very special anniversary for this cartoon mouse. Don't shout it out. Don't shout it out. <laughs> but if you're close to the thing, you may have heard it. Uh, this mouse is 90 years old today, out of copyright from tomorrow. Uh, lock in the answer. The answer, as some of us at the beginning have heard, it's Mickey Mouse. So six questions. I'm going to start, so this is where the honesty bit. Who has got six questions right? I'm going to need you to stand. If you've got six questions right, you need to stand up. Sorry, it's a prize. Okay, some people, right, okay, if that group, so you're going to need to get an adult standing with you, green shields, and so, so, okay, right, okay, this is a tiebreaker question, I'm hoping this uh, sorts a wheat trap, so this is according to the steward's whiteboard, so if you're a steward that wrote this number on the whiteboard, Chris Tasker, oh no, <laughs> Uh, oh, some people at the back uh, wrote down what, and this is the nearest one. So according to the steward's whiteboard, how many people attended our service on Christmas Eve? Think about the number, share it with a trustworthy friend. Okay. The answer according to the steward's whiteboard was 280. If you were exactly 280, no. If you were 10 away, 20, 283. Graham, you need to, there you go. You may want to eat them all or you may want to share them, depending. Congratulations. Well done. Uh, hopefully that's got you a little bit in the mood uh, for reviewing the year. I don't know what you make of quizzes like that, hopefully a bit of fun and friendly rivalry. But I suppose for me sometimes these review of the, the year type things remind me that so much has happened and maybe grab the attention for a day or two. But then it fades away, even once in a generation events like Mickey Mouse or the King's Coronation. Uh, maybe shared emotion and interest for a day or two. Now maybe just seen so much background. And I think it would possibly be the same story if we were a bit more specific about reviewing our own 2023. I'm sure like me you've had lots of different experiences in this year. Maybe some pleasant, maybe some less so. Maybe the excitement and promise of a new job, a new relationship, a new house, or alternatively that aching disappointment of death of loved ones, ill health, broken friendships, unbearable work or life pressures. I'm guessing most of us are gonna be somewhere in between. 
But whatever our precise experiences, 2023 will have seen changes in our own life. But maybe if I ask you another quiz question, what hasn't changed in 2023? Who is the same everlasting from everlasting to everlasting? Now, unfortunately, there's no prize for the right answer in that. The answer is woven throughout the psalm we've read. It's God. But although I don't have a prize for that, there is a reward. Because if we get our understanding of God right, and what people are like, what we are like, it can help. It shifts everything into the right perspective. And as a result of that, we can live lives full of purpose, full of meaning. So to help us do that, let's dive into the words of these Psalms. But before we do that, let me pray. Dear God, we pray you'd help us uh, understand just who you are, who we are, and in saying that, live lives full of purpose in your service. Amen. So our first point is uh, God is eternal, unchanging, secure, and almighty. Look with me at the verses of Psalm 90 on page uh, 496 of the Church Bibles. The words here are an amazing picture of what God is like. He's secure, his dwelling place in all generations. This goes back, this is Moses writing for centuries. He's eternal, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. A thousand years are like a single day in your sight. In a world of security, conflict and war, having that deep understanding of what God is really like is really necessary. In a world where Christians, where we can often feel isolated and out of step with our helpful reminding that our God is still secure, unchanging and everlasting. In that list reflecting of our own experiences in 2023, God remains and his reality, the security that we find in him, that changes our view of everything, I think. But there's another aspect of who God is that at first sight can feel a bit more challenging, a bit less comforting. For our unchanging, eternal and secure God is also just and righteous. He can't abide sin and rebellion. So look with me at verses 7 to 11, where we see that God's justice is described as impacting on the unrighteous as we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath, we are dismayed. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of God? Our God, who unchanges, cannot abide sin and rebellion. So to understand that more fully, we'll need to see how the psalmist describes us, describes people. People just like you, just like me. I'm afraid it's not a happy picture this New Year's Eve. Slide 11, sorry. Uh, People are temporary, sinful, and under God's judgment. Set against that unchanging and majestic nature of God, the words about us are deliberate contrast. While God is secure, we are dust. While God is unchanging, we are like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and renewed, and the evening it fades and withers. 
While God is perfect, we are full of iniquities and secret skins. While God is eternal, our mortal life is limited. All of our days pass away under your wrath. The years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength 80, yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Now at first reading, this may seem a bit depressing for New Year's Eve. It could be seen as a counsel of despair. It could easily lead us to a conclusion that there's no real point in life, that we just need to, everything is meaningless, we should just wait around for an inevitable decline and death. Thankfully, that's not what the right reading of the psalm says, because it tells us about how to live that wise life. The conclusion is, the very, is that is the very opposite of what Moses intends for us. Verse 12 sets out his advice based on the knowledge of what God is like and what we are like, what people are like. Verse 12 says, so teach us to number our days that we might get that heart of wisdom. So where does that heart of wisdom lie? In understanding that our lives are brief, temporary, and transient. And instead of despairing at that, Moses tells us to ask Jesus, ask God to teach us to number our days. I think this is a life-changing theology. Moses wants us to shake us out of any lethargy or complacency and say, this is it. Don't waste your time or your efforts. We need to ask our eternal, unchanging God to teach us. Teach us to make the most of our numbered days, our short lives, by relying on and working for God. And if we get that right, then this psalm says it leads to a heart of wisdom. So Moses then goes on to describe that heart of wisdom in more detail. So from verse 18 onwards, talks about the prescription for a wise and fulfilled life. Firstly, we should pray. Pray for God's return and mercy. As we read and we've sung about, we need God's mercy. We've got, return, O Lord, how long have pity on your servants. We need to recognize that everything in our current lives is temporary and only through his pity, which in the New Testament we call grace, can we be put right in our relationship with God. We need to rejoice. We need to rejoice and give thanks for God's amazing love, asking him for satisfaction, for forgiveness, and only in God can we get that satisfaction that lasts. And again, we need to ask for God's help to make us glad, despite the afflictions, the evil, the challenges around us, to help us get both our highs and lows in the right perspective. As the psalmist says, make us glad for as many days of you as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen evil. So even in that affliction and despair, we pray and ask for God to make us glad. In the last verses of the psalm, some practical advice is to make the most of our lives, to make them worthwhile and meaningful. Again, we need to pray that we would see God's work and power. Let your work be sown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. And then we will need to act. Act deliberately and with focus, ensuring that what we do and our activity prioritizes eternal and significant doing things that are in the Lord's favor. Let the favor of the Lord 
be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. We need God to work in us, to show us his favor. And if he does that, then our effort and work may be purposeful. The work of our hands may be established. So unlike our lives, which remain as dust and like the grass, this psalm lays out the promise that our actions can have lasting consequences. Now, those are big promises, aren't they? We will need to ask for God's guidance for each one of us in this, but there are a couple of examples that I found helpful. Firstly, in the life of Moses himself. Uh, I really love this D.L. Moody quote. He was uh, an evangelist who lived about 130 years ago, who had a very successful time in the Westgate Baptist Church, uh, where he led a mission where it was packed out for every day for a year. But he made this quote uh, about Moses. Moses spent 40 years thinking he was someone, 40 years learning he was nobody, and then 40 years discovering what God can do with the nobody. For those who aren't familiar with the story of Moses, he spent the first 40 years of his life as a prince of Egypt. Then, after killing an Egyptian, he fled to the desert and led a subsistence and seemingly insignificant life for the next 40 years. Before God called him back to Egypt, not as a prince, but to lead his people, the Israelites, away from slavery. So at the age of 80, Moses led the Israelites away from Egypt through the Red Sea and a journey of 40 years where that people were forged into a new nation. And at the age of 120, at the very edge of entering that new land, Moses died and was buried in an unmarked grave in Moab. Deuteronomy records his obituary. Since then, no prophet has arisen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and all his officials and the whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. That's Deuteronomy 34, verse 10. So in Moses, in his earthly life, full of human importance and a national leader, didn't achieve anything of eternal, lasting significance. Then in his middle ages, from 40 to 80, he seemingly drifted about as a wastrel. It was only as a man late in life who was open to God, was used as a mighty leader. His legacy wasn't as a prince or as a shepherd. It wasn't even a memorial or spectacular grave. Instead, his legacy was being used by God to establish and lead a new nation. Perhaps that's an encouragement to, for those of us who are nearer or perhaps over that 70 or 80 years promised in this psalm. Particularly in a world where the creativity and energy of youth can seem so dominant and any wisdom that comes with age and experience can be discounted. I think this psalm says to us that the Lord can establish the works of our hands at any age and loves to work in us to do so. I wonder what the Lord might have in store for some of us in terms of stepping up and being used by him in new ways in this new year. Now, my second reminder is perhaps a bit more grisly for this time on a Sunday morning, but draws on that early Christian and then medieval practices of memento mori 
remembering your mortal. Now, this idea was used by Renaissance artists, particularly in this example by Franz Hals, who often included a skull in their human portraits. While biblical scholars and writers often had subtle reminders of their mortality next to their desks. Now, I don't do as anything like as grisly or frankly a little bit weird uh, as that, but I do try and keep a list, a list in my head of my priorities and what I spend my time on and review this from time to time. And perhaps the start of a new year is as good a time to do this as any to check I'm getting the big things right and whether I'm using my shape, that's my spiritual gifts, my heart, my abilities, my personality and experiences effectively. For those who haven't come across the shape concept before, can I recommend 40 Days of Purpose by Rick Warren for a fuller description? For me, I also like to think of big commitments and service in seven-year chunks. And each of those times, having a deliberate time of prayer and reflection, and then checking out my thinking with others, that's led me into really unexpected areas. Away from those major decisions, I'm generally not systematic enough in doing this, but whenever there's a choice to be made, for example, when I suddenly had more free time after no longer needing to care for my mum, or my children becoming adults and leaving school and maybe needing a different sort of parenting, or when I'm asked to take on new responsibilities, having a shape-focused decision is a good focus for my prayers and decisions. That's meant for me agreeing to some invitations, stopping other work, even with tears and heartache, saying no to others, and deliberately seeking out new opportunities to serve. So as we come to the end of our talk this morning, the conclusion is we need to build our lives on God. It's the only way to live a significant life in God's favor. So can I invite you to use this psalm to reflect? It's about getting our security in the eternal and almighty God. It's not in the strength of our youth or our days, our reputation, the game face we use to hide our sin or our work, but only in our unshakable, merciful Lord. That's certainly a lesson that I've had to learn in 2023, as some of my reputation at work has come under uncomfortable scrutiny. And I've had to remember my true identity as a child of God, forgiven and accepted by him. A new allergy has ended me in hospital a couple of times. While nothing like as serious as some of you have faced, there's nothing like that valley of death experience to focus attention on the eternal and significant. So it's in looking forward to resting in God alone that we find contented security to live our days, not worrying about the future or lamenting the rapid passing of our years, fearing death and illness, or wondering if our work or anything we do actually matters. Instead, we rely on the eternal and unchanging God. We end with Moses asking God to establish work not of God's hands, but our hands. Isn't that quite something to think about and pray for in 2024, that in the providence of God, our work might actually count for something in the year ahead? Our New Testament reading from 1 Corinthians makes this even clearer. And perhaps as we move from 
2023 into 2024 is a good motto for the year ahead. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Let me pray for God's help in that. Let's pray. Dear God, we pray that you would teach us to number our days, that we would get a heart filled with your wisdom and your understanding. Establish our work, establish the work of this church in your power and on your foundation. In your name we pray.